Warning, over-consumption of gin may cause tremors, puking, bloatedness, jaundice, idleness, melancholy, madness, spontaneous combustion and death. Social consequences may include fighting, lying, indebtedness, imprisonment, moral decrepitude and the ultimate downfall of Western civilization. Please drink responsibly. And welcome to the first ever episode of Mother's Ruin Podcast, the podcast all about gin. I'm Matthew Reed. I am a comedian, a massive, massive gin fan. Love the stuff. And I'm here with... Sarah Donnelly. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Uh, and Sarah is an ex-journalist who has a massive passion for the history and or origins of this delicious drink. So uh, it's a fascinating history, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely fascinating. I mean, it's so... Um, I don't think there's any other drink that's so steeped in controversy, drama... It's got, it's got the lot. Art, it's sex, the, death, riot, sex anarchy. Oh, anarchy gin, that sounds nice. Yeah, I mean, the social history, the political history, it's it's absolutely fascinating. And that's, that's the aspect that I'm particularly interested in. Excellent. Um, I think yours is more orientated around the... Uh, the consumption. consumption. The consumption of gin. That is correct. I don't like that. Should we talk about last night, Matthew? No, we're not talking about last oh, night. Okay. Let's keep last night a secret. He's a little pale. this morning I was feeling the effects of gin. Did a little bomb in the back of my throat. Swallowed it down because I'm a brave soldier. Hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. Doesn't count if it's the same gin that you drank <laughs> the night before, though. <laughs> Turns out. Makes you feel worse. So, that was good. Mild anxiety attack in home bargains earlier. So, other than that, great stuff. Don't let this put you off, Jane. It's a delicious drink. I just wasn't really drinking in moderation, which you should do. We're here to uncover the history of gin, uh, where it started, who was involved, the characters involved. The situations gin got people into. Yeah, um, we're also going to have some recipes, uh, modern and forgotten, and some best left forgotten. Yes, yes, we're going to try them ourselves, we're aren't gonna we? We're going to try them, uh, no matter how revolting or yep. disgusting. I mean, we are putting ourselves very much in the hands of the Victorian and pre-Victorian drinkers. Uh, this is a society who used to um, put borax in milk. That's not good, is it? Wash things in the Thames. Mm. <laughs> Can you imagine? I just like I've got this. I've got a steel on my shirt. Hold on, I just put it in the put it in the Thames. Some raw sewage. We'll yeah. get it out. There we go. <laughs> oh, that seems to be a dead otter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 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 we're we're gonna try some some delicious and some disgusting concoctions from from now and from history. Um, so yeah, if you have any suggestions of your own of things you'd like us to make, things you'd like us to. Like to subject us to, mm-hmm. um, let us know, and we will make it. We will drink it. Yes, we will. It's um, the Twitter page is Mother's Ruin Podcast. Yeah, as is our Instagram page, and you can find us on Facebook as well. You certainly can. And also, uh, we've got we've got an email, which is uh, it is uh, Mother's Ruin Podcast at gmail dot com. We've come up with some great and great names for these. Wacky. Uh, <laughs> Fatty tags, haven't we? Yeah. Mother's Room podcast. What can we? What can we call it? <laughs> there we go. So we've got. Uh, so we've got all that uh, to come. 
but basically what we're going to do is in the first section of uh, of the show we're going to delve into the rich rich and sordid history of my favorite drink yeah yeah so first few episodes we're going to do a bit of a timeline just to put a bit of context behind mm-hmm. you know the history and the story of gin and then we're going to delve a little bit deeper um into some of the juicy subjects around it so i thought today we'd start with a bit of a background a bit of an ancient history of the ancient the history all right not ancient you know how long ago well how long's gin been not on about well that's a that's a, that's a tricky question because gin yep. i think what we're going to do is we're going to look at we're going to look at the origins of spirit first and foremost right. because i think you really need to do that in order well, you, to start, understand you've got to have the ingredients before you can have the drink indeed i mean like i don't imagine the ancient romans rolling out waving a sandal at chariot taxis going past going i can't believe he's not stopping for us <laughs> our maximus <laughs> Julius always throws up in the back of the cab. <laughs> Have you soiled my chariot? <laughs> to the lions. Yes, but we're, we're not actually going to talk about ancient Rome. But we, we, we know that distillation was happening in ancient Greece, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that it was probably happening in ancient China. Um, of course it was. They're well ahead on that, always. Yeah. They're probably, they were probably playing on Game Boys. Whilst inventing fireworks and gin. Well, I mean, you're not too far wrong because we're going to find out that it took us Brits quite a long time to cotton on to uh, the joys of distillation and of mm. spirits. What we'll start with is the history of grain spirit because that's what that's what gin is. Gin is essentially a, a, a grain spirit that's been flavoured with, with juniper and other botanicals. Grain spirit sounds like the most least scary ghost in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so a, little, a little bit of corn going. A bit corny. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Terrifying. Um, so yeah, it's it's often believed that uh, gin it, gin comes from distilled juniper berries. Yeah. Uh, and that's not generally the case. Because I always thought it was juniper. Yes. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't distill juniper berries, and we would probably call that gin. So I'm not wrong. I'm still brilliant. Oh, you're not wrong. Yes. But generally, over the course of its history, gin has been uh, distilled from grain. Uh, Sometimes wine. Wine. So humans can distill booze from booze, but we can't cure the cold. No. But uh, botanicals, it sounds like it's made in a big old greenhouse. Yeah, like a sort of Victorian ironwork. A a botanical garden. Yeah. With uh, with a big... Big copper still that's like fire steam out every now and again with a whistle and that, and someone's like riding a bike to power it. But yeah, a, 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 a wacky old scientist, mm-hmm. little baldy scientist with a waistcoat with a and a pocket watch. Yeah, uh, the, the whole town's like the whole town like walks past his house, and every now and again there'll be an explosion. I'll just go, What's he like? <laughs> Indeed, but it's you know, it's it's interesting that we both visualize a man at the, the helm of the crank. Uh, <laughs> A man at the helm of the crank. Oh, God. That's a fantastic sentence. <laughs> um, it was actually a woman who invented the first ever um, distillation device. Never. Yeah, Maria what? the Jewess. Why am, I, why, am I bloody, why am I bloody surprised? Well, you're probably surprised because women were generally yep, suppressed were, yeah, throughout suppressed history. Her. But Maria the Jewess was a... Um, Maria the Jewess. Yeah, that's her name. What religion was she? <laughs> Yeah, um, she was. Yeah, she was a, a, a Middle Eastern uh, alchemist, credited as being the, the first true alchemist of the Western world. She sounds nails. Yeah, oh, she was. I bet she bred some men. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, 
Well, she certainly braved them to the uh, to the finish line when it came to uh, chemistry. Yep. And in, in her time, so she um, she created the alembic, which is a dis- distillation device that's still used in chemistry today. Mm-hmm. Um, this was really important because. You know, alchemy at the time was seen as the kind of holy grail of human endeavour. Yeah, well, it's the same. It's lead to gold, isn't it? The alchemy. Yeah. It's the. It is the literally the holy grail. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, the the emerald tablet, which sounds incredible. Class. Yeah. Emerald. Alchemy's got a brilliant, like, magical background, doesn't it? Yeah, the language around it. Yeah, it sounds like like literally like Gandalf and like blokes in blue pointy hats with stars and moons on. (laughs) <laughs> Gold, I will extract. What, was he ill? Yes. Yeah, well, it was a poorly wizard, was it? Yeah, it's a great impression of a wizard. Thank you very much. No problem, don't you worry. <laughs> so yeah, the the Emerald Tablet. This was one of the key texts on alchemy, um, and and this is the prime example of what you say. You know, the language being very mystical. Mm-hmm. Um, it says. Uh, in, in talking about a distilled substance, it says it rises from earth to heaven and descends again to earth, thereby combining within itself the powers of both the above and the below. <laughs> then a few may get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, indeed. And people people were, you know, people were fascinated by the properties that were brought about by you know by these these substances that, that you could that you could distill and it was <laughs> not a lot changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed <laughs> what witchcraft no, no. I, I know we don't think it's magic we just think it's uh, tesco's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but but it was it was kind of a, a, a little later in the sort of first couple of centuries ad um that people started to really muck about with um <laughs> With, with alchemists they muck about <laughs> things got silly yeah. when uh imagine a party of alchemists would be great fun wouldn't it uh, we'll run out of, we'll run out of booze <laughs> no we haven't start up the alembic <laughs> i've just distilled something from your shirt <laughs> well there was a um there was a uh, early kind of alchemist called jabir or Jiba, as his name has been. It's a great name, that Jiba. Westernized, yeah, um, and he distilled pretty much everything. He w- he was a kind of a real mad scientist type. Um, he invented all sorts of things. He invented fire-resistant paper. Um, Handy. I don't even know if that still exists. Yeah, I mean, we don't seem to have uh, really no, unless you just cottoned make, on. No, unless you're making books out of concrete. Um, so yeah, he um, yeah he invented an ink that could be read in the dark. He... Just use a candle <laughs> or a Kindle. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> anti-rust paint, uh, water-resistant textile coating. I mean, these are things that we see on Mashable today, and yeah. think, blimey, that's revolutionary. But yeah. he was doing all this back then. His writings were these long and convoluted descriptions of mysterious processes um, and his language was so complex that we think the word gibberish might have actually uh, originated with, with him because, yeah. yeah. What a fascinating little fact. Yeah, indeed. I mean, his his full name to use the... Uh, I want a form of madness to be named after me. That'd be cool. Gone a bit, gone a bit readish. <laughs> it's gone proper read. <laughs> Full read. <laughs> one day, one day, Matthew. Full read. 
But to use the unwesternized form of uh, this guy's name, it was Abu Musa Jabir Ibn Hayyan. Excellent. Well, well, well memorized. Thank you. So uh, I'm not reading this. No, God no. Imagine. So, uh, so next time you use gibberish, if you want to avoid falling into the trap of uh, westernization, mm-hmm. refer to it as Abu Musa Jabir Ibn Hayyanish. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I'll probably say the gibberish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, yeah, and he just distilled everything. And one of the things that he distilled was uh, was was grapes, grape to produce grape spirit. So not just wine, or no, because what grapes are, grapes are from um, wine is fermented grapes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then when you distill it further, ah, right. you so extract the. So it'd be the a clear essence. liquid from grape. It would be a clear, grape. volatile, ah. strong liquid. Yeah. And it was later that his one of his successors named Raziz uh, referred to this substance as, as alcohol. Um, alcohol. Alcohol. So that's where the word alcohol comes from. And the, the word spirit probably comes from the Latin spiritus, uh, meaning breathe, because of these kind of vapours that, that rose from the... Uh, Could have a vape. With a vaping back then. They were drinking gin and vaping. What a bunch of wankers! <laughs> I mean, this this is the origins of, of the hipster generation, right I here. Put wore short trousers and no socks. <laughs> Just lean over the alembic for a few. Actually, minutes. Actually, I see that. I had a vape the other day uh, that was gin and tonic flavor. There you go. So yeah, so so um, alcohol. Alcohol, and then yeah, so the word spirit probably comes from spirit, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the vaping, the yes. Yeah, um, but it's interesting that this word spirit was associated with this liquid because you know there was also a heavy, heavy association with you know the essence of life, mm-hmm. the human spirit. It had like whiskey, water of life, and it water of life, Aye. exactly. It had these sort of psychoactive properties, it could seemingly revive people who consumed it. <laughs> uh, well, didn't it wait to go up there? Rescue dogs carry brandy, don't they? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think actually drinking alcohol is probably very bad for your body temperature oh, in the long run. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> but then you get your beer coat, though, don't you? Yeah. You know, when you're out and you have a drink, you put your beer coat on, you seem fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or your, you know, your imagine imagine the the gin cloak um, <laughs> of this incredibly. Or a gin cloak. <laughs> I think you were. I think I look mint in a cloak. You were wearing one last night for sure. I was not wearing a gin cloak last night. I was wearing a very dashing shirt. You were. Uh, yeah, and, and the, the other sort of interesting word association we have here is gin. Now, obviously, gin in its modern form doesn't exist at this point. We just have one component of it, which is alcohol or spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but around this time that uh, Jeeba and Raziz were sort of working, then, you know, we had the emergence of these stories of genies coming out of bottles of course, the alternative word or the the, uh, the original word for genie was gin. So, D- it, no, no. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Different spelling. Yes. Uh, same pronunciation. This this wonderful thing coming out of a bottle and granting ah, wishes. Ah, you say it's a wonderful thing, but you haven't seen the Wes Craven masterpiece Wishmaster. I have not. Where he escapes from a statue and grants people wishes. <laughs> Three wishes. Don't do his voice; you'll ruin it. Uh, Ignorance wishes. That's how he talks. Brilliant. Right. Uh, it's that bloke is the actor who they get when the more expensive version of the bloke that looks like him can't be got. 
Right. You know, one of those actors. Yeah, like... Uh, Michael Ironside, he's one of them, when they can't afford Jack Nicholson. Yeah. They get him in. He's still brilliant, but yeah. yeah. He's definitely not Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But, um, and, uh, yeah, he's put all his wishes. Evil. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Oh, man. Carnage. Well, it's 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 fitting, because um, Carnage did pretty much ensue from this... Uh, the, the creation of this volatile... You say it took down civilization almost. It pretty much, you know, it it it, it certainly threatened to uh, to take down British civilization. Although, or, or certainly that's what um, certain parts of it. Certain, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what that's what the, the certain people feared. But uh, we will come we will come to that later. Excellent. Um, but you know, I couldn't find anything that definitively linked the words "gin" as in genie and "gin" as in gin. But it is it is a bizarre coincidence. It is. It is and a, there's, there's, there's links there. There's there's some. There's Perhaps we have just discovered that fact. Unexplained. Yeah. yeah. We have just discovered that Uncovered. fact. Don't let you brag, but we've already uh, already changed history. Breaking ground here. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how uh, how spirit came about. Um, but on its own, it is merely vodka. Yeah. That's what I say. The vodka. Yeah. Stupid vodka. This is a gin podcast. <laughs> vodka losers. We have any vodka lovers listening? Ring in and. I mean, you can ring in. We literally got no. We had to take that call, but uh, <laughs> probably do it online. Vodka's alright. It's fine. I mean, you know, vod- vod- people talk about vodka as you know the perfect kind of cocktail drink if you like. Um, you know, really fruity, very sort of sweet cocktails where the the taste of the alcohol isn't the primary. Yeah. Um, isn't vodka like the most? It's just absolutely flavourless. It's it? it's pretty flavourless, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and again, you know, I'm sure there are some vodka connoisseurs out there who would who would have our heads for saying that. But come at us. <laughs> I think you know. I, I think it's it's fair to say that yeah, gin is the more flavoursome because they are the same base ingredient. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, gin has then you know, I added uh, yeah, flavour. Yeah, absolutely. And personality, vodka idiots. Anyway. <laughs> So, we need now to, to introduce Juniper to mm-hmm. this to this tale. <laughs> Introducing your hippie friend's daughter. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Juniper. Yeah, she's off on a gap yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she'd come to to sweeten the sweeten the party. Should <laughs> yeah. we say? Sweeten the party. That w- that wasn't sexual. It was why poor old Juniper. She's just she's just showing up. And you just made her into a prostitute in this. Euphemism, it's terrible. No, uh, f- far far from it. I have the great the greatest respect for Juniper, both this the imaginary character that we've created and the the, the bury uh, itself. Yes, because um, Juniper does have a have a history of its own. So it's been flavour and drink since prehistoric times in Europe. Prehistoric. Yeah. So, in a way, Stegosaurus used to eat it. They may they may have done. Maybe Stegosaurus we as gin. Fact. Another fact. fact. Discovered one. That's another fact. Put it in your books, gin people. Was the Stegosaurus a herbivore? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just checking. T Rex weave. That's probably just made out of other dinosaurs. Yeah. So maybe it's made out of the Stegswani poo. Stegosaurus, which is then sort of double fermented in the stomach of the T Rex. Extra stre- navy strength. Yeah. Stegosaurus navy. weave. Yeah. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> science. No, but we think that it started to thrive in Europe, probably in you know in times when when humans were um, mm-hmm. cutting down the prehistoric forests, mm-hmm. and so we had these sort of uh, open heaths starting to um, starting to, to to emerge, and on these heaths, these open heaths, juniper started to thrive so we were we were eating juniper we were drinking juniper it tasted good and it was also thought to have medicinal properties so various cultures used it as a contraceptive I do not get how you can use a bury as a contraceptive. Did well, you put you, it on the man's genitals, the female genitals? You apply well I don't know but I know you uh, you certainly applied it directly to the uh to the fun bits. Yeah. Hmm. So you just pop one up the old chap, do you reckon? As a, <laughs> as, as, a, just, as, a, as a sort of cork. As a, as a semen dam. Wow. <laughs> semen dam. Didn't think I'd use that on a gin podcast. <laughs> Didn't think you'd or ever, ever use that. <laughs> yeah. Sentence I never thought I'd use. Would you use a juniper berry as a semen dam? <laughs> Tweeters at the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jurex, if you want sponsorship. Um, yeah. The condoms are available unless you want to pay us, in which case... In which case we will definitely encourage people to use juniper berries. So, <laughs> there we go. The choice is yours. Yeah, think about um, it. <laughs> so yeah, it was used as a contraceptive, it was used as a diabetes drug, um, North African tribes used to use it as a, a way of protecting their teeth. Like toothpaste, juniper toothpaste. I don't think they sort of smeared it on. I think they put it in drinks, just like we put fluoride in water to to keep our teeth healthy. Hmm. It was used to induce labour if if a mother was uh, ready to give birth. Uh, it was also used in the earlier stages of pregnancy as a as an abortion drug. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Bo- mm. Used for both bringing the baby into the world and taking it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, well, I mean, it, it earned itself the unsettling title of the bastard killer oh wow yeah the victorians uh, didn't walk about when it came to the names did it no i don't know if this was victorian or not i probably quite possibly sounds victorian doesn't it yeah um sounds like some of the scullery maids were forced to do that after their after their um masters were a bit fruity (laughs) bastard killer sounds like a game of thrones character it does doesn't it (laughs) come out here the bastard killer awaits you (laughs) So juniper had the, had all these medicinal properties associated with it, but it hadn't yet met spirit. And how this sort of meeting came about of juniper and spirit is is slightly sketchy to say the least. Ooh. Not enough record keeping. No, indeed. I imagine the people keep the records to give them. Well, just have another one. Wasn't that supposed to write something down? <laughs> <laughs> so we're not entirely sure where. Gin or spirit first met juniper. Mm-hmm. But the first person to be accredited with it, or, mm-hmm. or it was attributed to, um, was a chap called Silvius de la Bowie. The most rock and roll name I've the ever heard. The most rock and roll name ever heard. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silvius de la Bowie. <sighs> jump, magic, jump. Look at my crotch there. Beans, magic beans. How's that? What is that? Bowie. Juniper. Uh, Bowie was never in a bloody pantomime. Imagine a pantomime. Beans. David Bowie and Jack and the Beanstalk. That'd be amazing. <clears throat> no, you don't have to do any more. <laughs> don't have to do any more, Bowie. So what does this fella do? Uh, so Sylvia's still a Bowie, um, but it's spelled, it's spelled B-O-E umlaut. So 
just to be clear. Um, he was allegedly a 16th century professor of medicine at the University of Leiden in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Couple of problems with this. Mm -hmm. Firstly, we know that Italian monks were dabbling uh, in... Bloody monks. <laughs> They were mixing juniper and probably wine the, the, uh, spirit. That's what spirit. happens when you take a vow of chastity and a vow of bloody silence. You've got nothing to do, so you just make drinks that'll kill you. Can you imagine being drunk on gin? Buckfast. Happen to be silent. Yeah. Or Buckfast. <laughs> just writing down like really extravagant letters, though. <laughs> <laughs> what art thou still looking at? <laughs> Did one call my ma a slag? <laughs> Thou shalt return home. Especially the Buckfast, the Scottish monks. I mean, they were probably fighting anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is we're talking about uh, southern Italy here. So they had this, you know, these abundance of, of grapes growing in the area. They probably had juniper. One day someone was like, oh, mix them, I will. <laughs> So Yoda, Yoda, Yoda was making drinks. <laughs> Yoda was a, an Italian monk. <laughs> yeah, Yoda, the Italian one. <laughs> so probably as early as the 11th century, um, Italian monks were kind of combining these ingredients. But it's not really been recorded. There's not been much kind of um, talk about it. So it hasn't really made it into the history books as the origin of gin. You know, this this uh, University of Leiden became known as the. Um, the place. But there's another problem with this theory, which is that Sylvia de la Bowie probably didn't exist. That is always yeah. a problem yeah. for anyone doing anything yeah. not existing. <laughs> yeah, a kind of fundamental issue there. Yeah. Um, so he he was probably a mashup between Professor Sylvius de Bouve, who was a Dutch chemist and apothecary at the university around about the late 1500s, and a German doctor, Franciscus Sylvius. Uh, or Francisco Silabelli. Yeah. <laughs> Noises, isn't it? Yeah. Francisco Got to imagine uh, Sylvester the Cat trying to say that. Francisco. Francisco. Anyway. <laughs> Go off on that one. Yeah. So we were just talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. So so uh, this this second person, uh, Francisco Silvius, he was working at the university some ninety years later. He. Can he shift? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so de Bouve, who was the uh, the um, apothecary uh, at the university in the late 1500s, we we know that he did add oil of juniper to grain spirit at some point. Used it as a stimulant, probably a treatment for back pain, and uh, and certainly commercialised the concoction and sold it's it. Weird, like it's just one thing like that can change everything, you know? Like um, yeah, and you'll be credited with that for the rest of your life. I mean. We're going to make some new concoctions during this. Perhaps we will hold a patent on that and be famous and exactly. someone will do a podcast about us. Exactly. Well, it's like in the uh, in Breaking Bad where he talks about um, the fact that uh, an employee of GE uh, Electric or, or whatever yeah. created this way of synthesising diamonds and um, the employee sold it to his employer for... A dollar or ten dollars yeah. or something, and they made untold billions yeah. from it. Similarly, uh, I mean, certainly this chap would have made a few quid. I think he was selling it to the Bowles family in the Netherlands, which were the yeah. earliest um, sort of gin gin peddlers of the time. So he probably made a few bob from it, but certainly he they got his name wrong for a kickoff. Mm -hmm. So uh -oh. he's he's been slightly absorbed 
into the into dark. yeah into two like actual um into a side note rather than yeah one yeah, notes, yeah yeah absolutely um well i like them i'm gonna get a t-shirt with them on so people know i'm on his side okay we'll go we'll get that we'll get printed. a t-shirt printed yeah yes what's his name again matthew <laughs> that's all i'm gonna have yeah. <laughs> written above with a dutch scientist going with two thumbs up with just an empty gin glass on, yeah. on his head. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally want that uh, t-shirt now. I'm going to de- I'm going to design it. Okay. Uh, they will be available in the merch section. <laughs> well, we got a merch section. <laughs> We've got a website. No, we are, yeah. <laughs> so. In fact, we haven't even put anything out. This is our first one. This so is our very first recording. Talk about merch. Yeah. And the first merch to come up with a t-shirt <laughs> of a man whose name I can't remember. Brilliant. <laughs> This is definitely, definitely going to be the best podcast of all time. <laughs> Great. So for the sake of simplicity, let's say we can loosely say the gin was sort of make, making its way into the history books, late 16th century or early 17th century Holland. Mm-hmm. So once gin had met Juniper in this way, they kind of give each other a sort of safe passage into popular culture because they both brought their own bits to the table mm-hmm. if you like so they both had a long history of having medicinal qualities juniper tasted really good gin had these intoxicating properties and juniper brought gin its name so the the dutch for juniper is geneva which was then shortened and anglicized to become gin good name gin i like that not vodka idiots yeah, and and we start a war with a vodka podcast. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what sort of each other? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. If anyone wants we to start, we challenge you. Yeah, we challenge any vodka podcast. Come on, us. <laughs> so, uh, and because it had this sort of feminine, beautiful name, Geneva, the almost this character of Madame Geneva started to emerge this powerful sounds like my kind of girl yeah uh temptress of a woman um but yeah so that's 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 where the name came from now meanwhile over in britain we were starting to discover uh, the joys of distillation for ourselves mm-hmm. we were clanging our heads together with two pans together going la 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 <laughs> so we were yet to meet Gin or Madame Geneva, as she was becoming, but we were starting to, in British stately homes, were starting to install distilling apparatus in their own kitchens. That's, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, like, they are highly flammable and dangerous They're things. Crazy, yeah. And I imagine nowadays it's at 10 million times safer than it was in some <laughs> absolutely flamboyant kitchen in the Victorian times. Yeah, with candles hanging around. Uh, and, right next um, to the, right next to the, um, the deer. A skinning machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God, I've just basically got a, a really flammable time bomb in the kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. So Insanity. It was kind of like an early hipster micro microbrewery <sighs> without the man buns. Ugh. I see. Ironically, you've just tied your hair into a man bun as I was saying that. Yes, I, I think I'd get into the mind, take them down from the inside. Yeah. So, again, we'd be distilling things from... from we'd be distilling things. <laughs> we'd be. <laughs> Gin and juice. Yeah, mm. indeed. Well, fruit was one of the things that we were using to uh, to distill, um, to, to extract uh, spirits, grain, potatoes, a multitude Potato of things. Potato or gin. Blech. 
whether or not this tasted bad, I don't know. I mean, it's prison gin, isn't it? Uh, or like pris- prison hooch, prison, uh, prison make... hooch, I with potatoes and stuff. Uh, yeah, even today they make a prison hooch from like Jacob's cream crackers. Mm-hmm. I've had some of that uh, prison gin, just as house gin in some of the pubs <laughs> I've been to. Weatherspoons. Oh god, the house gins. And anyway, Weatherspoons has got really nice gin. They've got a great selection of gins now. Weatherspoons, if you're listening, we are happy to be uh, happy to be sponsored by you. Uh, if not, uh... they, they've gone off social media now. They're not listening. Oh, of course. Mm. Like, uh, but the house gins of like like. Crappy student bars and stuff like that. The house gins there are just so bad. Paint stripper. So bad. Not as bad as the vodka though. <laughs> Idiots. It was, it was the one-upmanship. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah, God knows what this stuff tasted like. Probably pretty horrific. Oh god, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like I say, it wasn't gin at this point. It was just some sort of raw spirit made from God knows what. Um, so it only took us about. 1,500 years to cotton on to old yes. uh, Jeebus uh, right, huh? methods. Good old Jeebs. Good, good old Brits, always ahead of the curve. <laughs> yep. uh, we got there in the end. Um, and at this time, you know, there was quite a lot of excitement around it. The language used to describe these spirits that we were making in Britain were quite positive. Aquavita, which of course means the water of life. Mm-hmm. Strong, hot waters. So... You know, we were still, we still, it still had this sort of mystical allure uh, around it, um, bringing alchemy to the, you know, the common man, so to speak. Um, but fairly quickly started to turn to worry and unease when it was discovered that spirits uh, were causing a sort of new kind of drunkenness. It wasn't like beer, where you know you could quaff it for hours and. So what time? Um, what what what? what where, where we're at here? We're at the the start of the seven uh, the sixteen hundreds, the start 1600s. of the seventeenth century. Yeah, um, we're we're in Britain. We are um, you know people are starting to make their way from the countries to the cities. Chemistry and, and science is starting to kind of evolve. We're, we're striding towards the industrial revolution. Uh, so I mean, that was a, a little while off yet, but modern culture was starting to emerge. I see. No, we, we shall leave it there then. For yeah. This, for this episode. So uh, I think it's I think it's important just to end on this note that people were starting to worry about what. They could sense something coming over the Yeah, hill. about what this what spirits were going to do for our, our culture. Like, I imagine modern day when Hooch came out, the Alka Pops, and they thought, kids, oh, every they, kid in the world did. was going to drink. I, yeah. I, I certainly did. But then, I mean, I remember uh, Mad Dog 2020. Mad Dog 2020. That was before Hooch. Kiwi flavour. Uh, strawberry. That was before Hooch, and we all used, used to drink that. On a bench. Mad Dog 2020 were available for sponsorship. Are they still going? Of course they are. You are still they? get. I still get Mad Dog. Put down the old aye. Super Saver. I still get 2020. I remember being the amount of bottles of that you used to see smashed on the floor. Yeah. Always the Kiwi. Yeah, always, always the Kiwi. Kiwi. Um, so... Also, we end this chapter on the eve of the Thirty Years' War. Now, this is important because uh, we went to fight alongside uh, the Dutch mm-hmm. in the Thirty Years' War, and there we would develop a taste for what was known as Dutch courage. Oh, I see where I see where this is going. Yes. I see. Yes, gin-based, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a mystery, was it? So, a gin fact, you say? <laughs> Indeed. So, Madame Geneva is about to land on British shores, and it's all about to kick off. Oh, that's exciting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right, yeah. well, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll move on to the next section.
Thanks for that, Sarah. It's gin news time. Uh, his headlines, skin and tonic, new and aging gin launched. Mm. Not to be sneezed at, gin is the best booze for hair fever sufferers. Excellent news. And new trend brewing, could alcoholic tea be the new gin? Probably not. Anti-aging gin is a new thing. An Oxfordshire company has developed a gin that contains collagen. That's the ingredients in his skin that, you know, keeps you young and supple. I don't need it. I'm just naturally, naturally beautiful, if anything. Yeah, do you rub a lot of collagen into your skin, Matthew? No, no collagen at all. It's just life. Wow. That's what keeps my skin beautiful. How does he do it? Gin keeps us healthy, but not this gin. Because it's a, it's, it's titled collagen. Collagen? So basically, Cle- clever stuff. Yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a, gin's rife for puns, isn't it? Yeah. Rife. Oh, absolutely rife. And this is the actual name of the gin. Yeah, it's, it's the name of the Oxfordshire company developed the gin called collagen. Right. Keeps you, uh, now, collagen's the stuff in your skin, like you said, that uh, keeps you new. And uh, you, you lose it as you get older. So, basically, that's why, I, I mean, like, gin was considered a Nana's drink. It's now it nana. can't be, because Nana's won't look like Nana's anymore. Exactly. Because uh, they'll be drinking collagen and getting younger. So, but I, so I, I used to have this collagen cream. It's all nonsense. Well, one thing that... Well, I, I looked up, you know, on the internet whether this was likely to be effective. And one thing it did say about collagen and collagen supplements is that if you want to actually start feeling the effect, you have to take them quite continuously for at least two weeks before you're going to start to see Before any you effect. even start to see anything. Yeah. Now, is this a genius marketing tool that you have to continuously drink this two, this gin for two weeks? Or is it going to cause the uh, Please drink responsibly. <laughs> Please drink responsibly. If you want to look younger, get hammered constantly. <laughs> I know for a fact that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, because drinking actually dehydrates the skin, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I imagine that it's... No, it doesn't. It's brilliant and it makes you look cool. <laughs> fact. Okay, but but some suggest that uh, drinking alcohol is bad for your skin. It dehydrates your skin. So instead of this actually having... It, so, like, maybe it simply cancels out Yeah, it cancels out, yes. So you can drink and not get any look any older, yes. Yeah. Not yeah. get any older. That's a, <laughs> yeah, it creates a time warp <laughs> as you drink it around you where time can't affect you. It's basically some sort of Doctor Who-like gin. Yeah. Rick Sanchez gin, the better Doctor Who. Uh, now, gin is the best booze for hair fever. <laughs> Why on earth could that be? Well, research has shown that alcohol can worsen the symptoms of hair fever. Right. So Nightmare. Vodka, probably. Probably vodka, yeah. Rubbish vodka. <laughs> oh, I want a drink that makes us feel worse and tastes of nothing. Brilliant. <laughs> so like, this is because they release histamines and sulfites. Right. What a nightmare at a picnic. Yeah. But new studies have shown that gin is less likely than other tipples to cause these symptoms. Basically, it's the best drink in the world. Yeah. And... If you have a picnic, it'll make it better and cure you of all kinds of diseases. So hang on, does it actually make the symptoms of hay fever better or is it just that it's not quite as bad? It won't cure you, apparently, right. but I think it will. Right, let's say it Let's Yeah, because gin's does. the best. Yeah. Look, if they can get away with that shit with Lord's Holy Water, I'm saying gin cures you. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I've said it. Facts. Cool. All, right. all the facts here. Fact. Gin fact. Gin fact. <laughs> And uh, could alcoholic tea put the gin trend to bed? 
No, is my initial reaction, <laughs> but uh, let's have a look. New trend is brewing and something that's potentially be the next gin. The next gin. The next gin. There is no next, next generation. Gin. There you go. Hey. Hey. Alcoholic tea. A concept conceived by two German postgrad students at the University of Newcastle. Got two oh. German Geordies. Imagine that. <laughs> what a combo. Uh, be aggressive and efficient. <laughs> They'd be on a glassy right in the right spot. <laughs> Fascinated by Britain's love of tea and baffled by the fact that traditional afternoon tea will involve Prosecco and a brew. What's the problem? Uh, they decided to combine the two and create a tea-infused gin called Novel Tea. So There's that German another... sense of humour coming in there. <laughs> Novel Tea. Uh, the founder, Lucas Pasai. I think electronic teas are a trend that is just about to start or is just recently starting. Make your mind up. Uh, I think... Summer is starting or may start soon. I'm sensing some anger in you about this this thing. Taking over gin with tea. I think alcoholic tea is a trend that is just is about to start or just recently starting. And the UK will be at the forefront. I hope it's going to replace the gin trend. It is gin. What? It is gin. What? So, so oh, I see. So this is a tea-infused gin? Yeah. And they're saying, I hope it's going to re- replace the gin trend. Oh. Well, there's a slight problem there, isn't there? Yeah. Myth busted, busted. Yeah. We should end gun crime by having guns. Actually, that's what they're trying to do. I just love how angry you are about this. No, no, sod them. So, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's nice. Two entrepreneurs, they've obviously had a good idea. They love gin. They love a bit of tea. But I've already tried tea-infused gin. Have you? Yeah. There's a Yorkshire gin brand. I tried it in Sheffield at at a food market. Oh, so this isn't a new thing. It's not a new thing. So one Why are you lying? So, so one guy who runs a gin tea company has said this is going to take over the world and it's a new thing, but it's actually not. Mm, it's not. So that headline was great. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a sensationalist. Yeah, headline, but I mean, the, the, yeah, of course. But I mean, the other headlines were in the sun, and I'm not touching that shit rag. So no, there was a news item in the sun uh, about but, gin, but we we decided not to include it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> don't buy the sun. Thank you, Matthew. Gin news. Welcome to the recipe section. This week it is... Dog's nose. Dog's nose. Because it probably will taste the same as a licking one. That's, I don't know where it got its name from, but it may well have something to do with the warm... Slightly yes, it is. It's a heated alcohol it's a heat- drink. Yeah, it's kind of like a mulled gin. I'm not keen on mulled stuff in general. No, not never mind gin and ale, oh. which is what we're going to be doing. The upshot is we're going to put as much sugar in as we want. Yeah, absolutely. We've gone. We, we there are quite a few recipes online oh. for this drink, um, and we've chosen one uh, from a blog called ginandcrumpets.com. We chose this because it had a bit more sugar in it, to be, to be quite honest with you. Yes, because, oh, the, 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 the state of this drink, who heats up? I mean, I don't like Guinness. I don't like it. It's a, it's, a, it's a foul drink. Yeah, I mean, I've got Irish roots. My dad was Irish. He hated Guinness. Oh. So I feel, I feel okay yeah. in the fact that... The, the Not happy to. about having to use Guinness. But we do. Already feeling gippy. Just with Guinness, 
Yes, what do we have to garnish as well? We've got a bit of, bit bit of nutmeg. nutmeg. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Yes, indeed. Soft brown sugar. Before we get into the recipe, shall we uh, just give the listeners a little note about uh, where this comes from? Where does it come from? Well... You tell me. Well, uh, it certainly was being drunk in the Victorian times. Mm, of course it was. <laughs> Wasn't everything. They, don't think they give a shit. Charles Dickens mentions it in the Pickwick Papers. One of his characters, a Mr. Walker, who is a convert to the Brick Lane branch of the United Grand Junction Ebenezer Temperance Association. I mean, that is too long for an association yeah, name, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, uh, classic Dickens, comically convoluted. He, he warns that uh, tasting dog's nose twice a week for 20 years has lost him the use of his right hand. <laughs> Just his right hand? Just his right hand. What did he do? Mm. What, what did it make him do with his right hand? I wonder what he was doing while he was drinking the dog's nose. That's my... Okay. <laughs> what is the ingredient? So, the ingredients for the delightful dog's nose is 330 millilitres of porter, but we've, we've gone for a Guinness yeah. today. Well, I don't, 330? 60 millilitres of gin. Now, for the gin, we've chosen an Aldi gin. Yeah. Um, because we wanted something that was not too overpowering in flavour, um, but there, there was a quality gin. Now, some people sniff at Aldi. I do not. No. Nope. do not. This is actually an award-winning gin. An award-winning um, gin, indeed. And it's delicious. I have tried it before. Yeah, absolutely. It's very, very yeah. smooth. Yeah. That's what they're over there. Really nice. So we, we've gone for Aldi gin. We're going to have 60 mm. millilitres of that. Seems like a lot. Do you want to add that Guinness to the pan? Oh, we'll put that Guinness in the pan. Stentulous stuff. Apparently Guinness is very good for you. Good uh, iron content. Iron. My favourite thing to eat. Apparently, and I don't know if this is a fable, Brendan Behan was uh, commissioned yeah. to write an advertising slogan for Guinness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was given quite a hefty advance uh, in order to do so. And I think he came up with Guinness Gets You Drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, of course, unusable. Can't and, argue. and then he'd already spent the advance by the time mm. anyone was able to uh, call him out on it. So, 60? 60 millilitres of gin, please, yeah. That's about 60. Mm, so. Yeah, that smells good. Good, good bloody gin, that. Good bloody gin. 37.5. Nice stuff. Um, and then to that, we want to add three teaspoons of. Soft, light brown sugar. Three teaspoons. Yeah. So you've gone for heaped Heaped teaspoons. teaspoons. (laughs) Because I feel like this may come straight back up. It's 25 past six in the evening. We held out as long as we could. Matt had quite a big uh, one-man show last night. And I took it upon myself to try and finish this bottle of gin. Yeah. Didn't do it. Do we need um, nutmeg to go in there? Uh, Or is it just garnish? um, Gin and put into the small pan. Add the sugar. Yep, grate in an eighth of a nutmeg. Eighth of a nutmeg. Yeah. So the the writer of this blog, and once again, thank you to Gin and Crumpets for the inspiration here. Uh, The the writer of this blog blog has described the the drink here. Um, as a warming, spicy mix of sweet and bitter that conjures up roaring fires, candlelit pubs, oh. plush curtains, thick coats, and vomit. Vomit! 
good. Yeah. That she is said definitely what I look for. Well, and this gets better. Not that it tastes of vomit per se. Per se. But there is a definite future echo of it. Oh god. So this is the hair of the dog for Matthew. And oh. um, right, let's stick it on the heat then. We've got to heat it all the way up till it's bubbling. It says a, it says a gentle heat. Now I have turned it up quite high, but um, a gentle heat. Yeah, because what we don't want to do is um, we don't want to burn off the alcohol too much. Mm. Also, by the way, I mean this is very badly filmed. We'll just pop this up on our Facebook page. Maybe. But if you've got any ideas of uh, recipes of gin-based drinks and or cookery. Who knows? Gin-based cookery, yep. uh, gin-based condiments. There's, yep. there's no limits to what we'll try. I've tried vin. Vin? Vin. I've tried vin. That's uh, French for wine, but I brag. I've <laughs> tried, I have tried um, gin vapes. I've tried gin bath salts. Basically, if it's got gin in it, I've given it a shot. Oh, gin toiletries. That's something that we could... Um... Uh, gin and toilet bath tonic. I've got a Christmas one there. How was it? Was it? Was it was alright. It wasn't good for a hangover. No. If I was getting into the bath and then it smelled of gin and I had a hangover, I was just basically getting into what caused us all the hassle. <laughs> I also think that a lot of gin-related things, like you know, you get you get gin and tonic cologne these days and that kind of thing, and I I often think that the gin doesn't really, because the juniper doesn't really no, come through. Nothing really. Sp- nothing smells like this. Oh. Smells of beer. Smell? Oh, it really smells of beer. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, obviously, it's a dark ale. I mean, what? <gasps> it smells of beer. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it might smell sugary, a bit spicy from the nutmeg. But no, the beer is really coming through. This is quite similar to Pearl, which is um, a much older but vaguely similar warm gin drink. Um... Pearl, we're going to talk about in a, in a in a future episode because we have to we've we've started to make the pearl yeah the pearls um, into a, into a concoction yeah but it has to infuse for two weeks because there's a lot of botanicals in it it, it doesn't look pretty at the moment no it, it looks, looks like puddle water or swamp like a water muddy puddle but we've got that to look forward to in future episodes this is almost like a simpler version of pearl yes and um, because it doesn't have a, a great deal of herbs and spice and infusion in it it's just all i think that's it you chucked know into a pan. i think we're there i, I think, think we're, we're there. there right right oh god uh, uh, what? i'm going to be sick yeah well yes but i'm going to be immature enough have a standby squash <laughs> so I can take the flavour out of my mouth so I don't heave all over the kitchen. Matthew Reed is copping out, it's official. Absolutely copping out. Right. A delicious lemony drink on the side. Oh, I've just poured it all over oh, the cooker hob. That is not how you did that. Oh, do. Matthew, help me. Oh. No, no, we need to pour it all in because there might be sugar in the bottom and stuff. Good thinking, Batman. Right. Oh, it's fizzing. Of course it is. Because that's it. Eating through the cup. Okay, who's going to go first? You! <laughs> it's really hot. It's really hot? Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's a little bit of nutmeg to garnish. Should we garnish it? We'll garnish it. Garnish it. It's <laughs> garnish the shit out of it. That'll do. Thank you very much. That will do. Not for me, I want. <laughs> there you go. Have a bang on that. Oh, 
Oh, sweet Jesus. That is disgusting. What the stuff is this? Oh, that is so bad. We need more sugar in that. More sugar? That's Matthew, I'm not having you taste that after your hangover. More sugar in? Where's the spoon? I'm fingering in. I actually, and I, I, I can actually feel the alcoholic effect from that straight away. Really? Yeah. There's a mulled wine. That is a strong drink. Yeah, but more sugar in. Yeah. That gin, wait, that gin was a, there was a massive amount of alcohol in it. Yeah, and quite a large amount. So of this it. is this is this is why Victorian times weren't weren't good. I think this is why, because I mean you couldn't just you couldn't just pop down and have a little gin tonic. I mean you've just you've just tipped in about Half another three or four t- t- teaspoons of sugar, and that is that is no better. I'll try and describe it before you before you try it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the overwhelming flavour is of Guinness. Absolutely. Um, the second flavour I'm getting is the nutmeg, possibly because we've garnished it with quite a quite large a amount. But, yeah, but um, nutmeg tastes almost a little bit antiseptic, you know. Mm. So, so it Guinness, Guinness, and witch antiseptic, <laughs> and then the gin doesn't really come through until it's going down your esophagus. And instead of getting the lovely juniper flavours, just get a burn. Just burning. Yeah. What a treat. And the smell. The smell is foul. I can smell it. The weird thing is that the brain expects, when you're drinking a hot alcoholic drink, the brain expects it to, to smell and taste like mulled wine. So you immediately get this, oh, mulled, because I really like mulled wine. Oh, mulled wine. And then you get the hit of foul, Bigger. bitter Guinness. Right, Matthew, you're going to have to try this now. Oh. Right, and all, all it is fit like that. Are you actually retching I'm before you? Oh, wait, you, are you sure you're. I've got to do it. I've got to do it's it. It's the rules. Oh, oh God. Wait, wait, where's your squash? It's just there, don't worry, I'm ready. Wait, 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 wait. I think you're building this up in your mind to be worse than it is. It's just a warming drink. Mm. It's a lovely warming drink. Here we go. It's like tea. Cheers. You swallowed it. Okay, so the (laughs) the conclusion on dog's nose is do not drink this stuff. Dog's nose, I tell you what, if you like Guinness, you probably like it. Actually, yeah, if you like Guinness, you may well like it. Yeah, I mean, mean, it had that against it for me. Yeah. That I don't like Guinness. Yeah. Although people tend to drink Guinness cold at these days, don't they? Oh, God, Matthew's still retching here. This could go on for some time. Right. All right, we'll call that one there. Uh, marks out of ten for dogs. Oh nose. God, I mean, mine's eight million. I'm gonna give it two out of ten. Well, you're mental. Because it, right, if you were a Victorian, it's freezing cold. You need to pick me up. Mm-hmm. You wanted to lose a bit of weight. You vomit. Wanted to induce vomiting. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a beggar, perhaps yeah. you drank that. You had a bit of vomit. So I went, oh, he's poorly. Give, if, him, if extra, I, no. give him a few extra pennies. <laughs> if I was desperate, I would drink that. Oh God, I'd have to be. I mean. 
I'd have to be so desperate. Okay, well, there you have it. Dog's nose is the... I'll give it three kaflars out of five. Okay. <laughs> so there we go. End of episode one. If you if you listen, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And you can tell everyone, oh, uh, 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 gin podcast that the entire world listens to at least once a week. We <laughs> we listened to them when they didn't know what the hell they were doing, and now they're multi-millionaires. Their very first recording. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you're very lucky people if you've caught this. Very lucky. It's like uh, it's like you know the people who were at the Cavern Club in Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles' very first gig. Yeah, that Sex Pistols gig that everyone claims to yeah. have been at. Um, my first comedy gig that everyone Absolutely. claims to have been at. Yeah. No, nobody said that. In fact, people that were there actively deny it. Grim, really. But that is the end of episode one. And genuinely, thank you so much for listening yep. because, um, yeah, this was our very first recording and we're going to do so much more yep. next time and in future shows. We've got more recipes coming up, we've got more history, we've got more stories, we're going to have guests, tastings. Mm-hmm. Um, the Battle of Tastings, that's what we could call it. Oh, that's a great idea. That is a great idea. Anyway, uh, God, I'm just full of great ideas <laughs> so do tune in next time and feel free to get in touch on our social media at uh, it's Mother's Ruin Podcast on um, Instagram and at Mother's Ruin Podcast on Twitter yeah and you'll find us on Facebook as well yeah, we'd love to hear your suggestions your feedback your thoughts any ideas anything you want us to taste or try yep. or um, or cover so, any cocktails we might not have tried obviously don't give us the obvious ones we'll have tried all the obvious ones yeah we've had a bramble we've had, yeah we've had a bramble we've had we've had a bramble <laughs> uh, but there's other gin cocktails out there that we obviously won't have heard of so give us a shout and that is it the end of episode one thank you very much and hope to catch you next time Mother's Room Podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Dunley. Theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Kotsier.